everyone. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch as we love and then rip them apart. We're back! We are back. We're so back! And let me tell you, we are back with a vengeance. Dude, I have so much to say. I have lots of opinions on lots of things. There is a lot of stuff bolted in my notes. Yeah. Especially, um, I, I don't know, I feel like this this was a poor timing situation for us to take a week off because that first episode had a lot. A lot. It did. It was a lot to not be able to discuss immediately. Yeah, my bad, guys. I just had a really fancy wedding. <laughs> <laughs> all took, sophisticated, pinky up. It took all weekend long. I dressed very fancily. It's, yeah, it's a thing. Nah, it was worth it in the end, but it also worked out because we're a double feature today. Yeah. We're going to talk about the musical episode, too, which, again, lots of thoughts, lots of feelings. We're going to get into all of it. But a lot less notes on that one. <laughs> sure. Um, but to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. This week's episode of Riverdale features not one, not two, but three assassination attempts and also a murder. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Hiram convinces Chad that the only way to escape an ugly divorce is to murder Archie. Chad is a terrible assassin, so Archie survives the attempt and Chad is going to get his ass handed to him in the divorce. Hiram is furious that his one millionth attempt to murder Archie has failed, so he carries out a second assassination attempt and detonates a bomb in Charles' palladium mines, triggering a cave-in that traps Archie inside. No worries, though. Archie gets out and is just fine because he has nine lives. Completing our trifecta of botched murders, Chad breaks into Veronica's apartment to get his final revenge, but Veronica has the last word and shoots Chad Chad dead. R.I.P. Chadwick. Meanwhile, Jughead and Betty team up to solve the Lonely Highway case once and for all. After Dr. Curdle Jr. reveals that Betty is actually distantly related to Not Martin, Jughead realizes the Blossoms must be involved with the Mothman and the murders. After re-interviewing Anna Rose and Logan Lerman, we find out that there is a secret gang of Blossom bastards living out in the woods and spreading rumors about aliens to keep people from looking into them. These psychos are responsible for the abductions and murders, and one of them is our very own old man Dreyfus. Confronting Dreyfus leads to the rescue of the latest missing girl, Britta, and unfortunately, Polly's remains. Seems like we're ready to wrap this one up, or are we? Okay, where would you like to begin with this one? Um, I did a rewatch on Monday, and I feel like it's been ages. Like, I'm trying to remember what the <laughs> hell happened. Okay. Uh, God, I feel like the main <laughs> shit is either Betty and Jughead and Tabitha dealing with Dr. Curdle Jr., but then also Chad being... Oh, yeah, let's talk about that first. Okay. Okay, yes. Actually, now now it's all coming back to me how I phrased my 60-second summary. And I started with, there's three assassination attempts and a murder in this episode. Wow. So, like, let's break them down. So, first, we see Veronica and Chad in their divorce negotiations. Chad's being a real fucking dickhead. Veronica's like... Fine, just take everything. All, All I, need I need is, is Archie. Archie. Oh, <laughs> I'm choking. See, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, so that was gross. And then Chad went to Hiram for reasons and was like, meh, I need to get Veronica back. And Hiram's like, listen, I know the what you gotta do. do it. I know what you need, brah. And here it is. Here's my ghost gun that I used to kill <laughs> uh, whatever the fuck. Papa. Here you go, Sensei. Oh, sensei Papa Poutine. Where is that coming from? Papa Poutine. That, <laughs> that was a Riverdale thing, wasn't it? <laughs> Shit. I might be going crazy. Anyway, he killed that guy in the nursing home. But anyway, he gave um, Chad his ghost gun. Yes. To go um, murder Archie. What he didn't do was check to make sure Chad knew how to fire a gun. 
Chad doesn't look like he knows how to do anything <laughs> besides sit behind a desk. Poor fucking Chad. Like, I mean, not poor Chad, but like, <laughs> he's such a bumbling idiot. He really, it, like, this is not this the lifestyle was, for This episode was him. not flattering for Chad. He did not do a damn thing right. No, he's taken a mighty, mighty downfall. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he attempts to kill Archie. Yeah. In like and- an alleyway <laughs> behind the and- boxing gym. <laughs> Archie hits us with his amazing Captain America impersonation. You were so hard up for Marvel this episode. That because there were two references where I'm like, what I are we doing overwhelmed. here? I was overwhelmed. It was like he did the whole like shield throw like Captain America. And I'm like, what in the Marvel is going on here? <laughs> it was very like superhero. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Can we please stick to a genre? Like, No, we can't. Oh, God. This is Riverdale. We cannot do that. But that being said, it was a failed attempt. And Yes. Um, um, yeah. So <laughs> Chad is a fucking idiot. Archie disarms him. And so then Chad goes back to the divorce proceedings and he's got a fucking black eye from the trash can lid he took to the face. And Veronica's like, you attempted to murder my Archie or my le- whatever she's fucking calling him at the time. I don't know. And she's like, if you don't give me everything, then I will have you brought up on attempted murder mm. charge. She doesn't even say attempted murder because it was attempted murder, but she says murder charges. He's like, how are you going to do that? And she's like, well, you dropped the gun, you fucking idiot. And like, yes, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, he really is. This is idiot. honestly the worst assassination attempt I've ever, ever seen. So, um, and he yeah. also looks Chad's like pretty those, screwed. yeah, and he also looks like those villains that are like you could tell they're down on their luck because he's then his nose is all bandaged from the he's very desperate looking. Oh my god, <laughs> and it's like he's got the dark circles around his eyes, and you're just kind of like, Haha, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, this this was misguided. You're a bad villain. Yeah, yes, you are a terrible villain. So that was unfortunate uh, turn of events for Chad. So now Hiram is very pissed off that Chad did not kill Archie. Can we talk for a second about how Hiram still really wants to kill Archie and like why this matters? But he's wanted to kill him. This is the weirdest teenager. This is the weirdest fucking vendetta in the world. Like you've wanted to kill a child for years. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, this time around, I feel like, so is it just to hurt Veronica? Because now he knows that Veronica stole his palladium. So is this just to get back at Veronica? Because it seems like a I think really it, No, I think it's more that now, to do it. since day one, I think it all had to do with Veronica. But now that Veronica is more her own entity, it's more of a threat to Hiram. So for, he wants to hit her where it hurts. And right, where are you? Yeah. The Archie. The Archie. <laughs> the Archie of it all. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, this is, brings us to our second assassination attempt, which is when Hiram uh, rigs the palladium mine for an explosion. Again, what movie are we Again, in? can we talk about this? Because A, how did he do it? B, when did he do it? C, how did he know that this explosion was going to trap Archie in there? Because it's just Archie and Eric who get trapped in the mines. Everybody else gets out safely. Right. Like It he works was- out really fucking well for Hiram right. that Archie is one of the people who is left behind. Left behind. But yeah, I mean, he would have had a mass murder on his hands. Did he not think right. that through? No, he didn't. Of course he didn't. Why would he? There's no consequences in Riverdale. It's for not, him, at least. This is no. not the United States. This is Riverdale. We're on another planet. The rules are different. That blew my mind. I don't mind. know. Yeah, that was a very crazy scenario. <sighs> Man, I... 
the the most the I mean the most crazy part of that is that Cheryl thinks that she prayed them out. Don, you know I, how I feel about this. I had, we had a conversation about it. We again, did. It's been like two weeks. Yeah, we had to we had to discuss. <laughs> we some had things. to talk about something. This is one of my issues with religion: is that people attribute all these human achievements to spirits and gods and whatever, and it's really just Archie who dug himself out of that mine. But Cheryl's like, I prayed for like five minutes to the wind and to the earth and to the fire and the water. I guess <laughs> Are those all, all the, the elements. Stuff? All the elements. As long as it's not Jason, I'm with her. Honestly, at this point, because yeah. that was bogus. Yeah. So, um, and then, like, Cheryl's just like, oh, my God, I made this happen. Like, I'm amazing. And it's like, Archie dug himself out of that mine without your help, bitch. Uh-huh. Like, sorry, but okay. Who's in the army? He's quite strong. Right? And I don't... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. We'll have to come back to Cheryl's ministry because... Sorry, we, it just... They, they went hand in hand, so I had a... No, you're right. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because, yes, that that did go right along with that but we have to talk about now the third assassination attempt which was now instead of killing Archie Chad feels like he should just go to the source and kill Veronica and breaks into the Pembroke apartment with the intent to do that can we talk about Veronica in the scene we absolutely can what would you like to start with fuck I don't think I wrote it down but I know what I want to talk about was she, it the music? He, the music. <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. But even her whole, like... Pepe, turn all the lights off in the apartment. Yeah. Sorry, Alexa. <laughs> yeah, Pepe. It's Pepe. Taking over for you. Which is an odd change of product placement. Right. But whatever. Just, she's smarter than everyone else. And, like, I don't want to admit that, but she she's been down this road before like is that what we're led to believe or what we've seen that like we should just take it at face value she will always come out on top like she she's got like this thought process that she seems to kind of be a step ahead of the game lately yeah she she seemed to pick up pretty quickly what was happening in that scene like is enough to distract Chad like right or whoever like she at that point she didn't know right she had her wits about her <laughs> but it was just a matter of where she was like boom 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 Pepe uh do this turn, turn the, the lights off tur- turn the music on full volume but and then to pick the specific song though I was like no yeah no. actually all she asked for was Wagner and um well, like they'd... Wagner has written more than one piece of music but they're so. gonna hit us with the classic <laughs> Flight of the Valkyries you know but yeah and she seemed pretty adept at disarming Chad. I don't know. I just, have we ever seen her take a self-defense class? <laughs> like, No, but I just feel like it's in her blood somehow. Like, she was just kind of, there. there's something about her that I feel like I don't expect any less. I don't expect her to be this person who sits and takes it. So she wasn't going to, like, could she have gotten out of it without knowing to do those things to help deter the situation? Maybe. Right. She could have just left. <laughs> she could have left. Right. Like a fire skate. Something. Like, right. Just, she didn't have to confront Chad. Right. She He was far enough was away from move. the door that. He, yeah. No, she she wanted to kill him, which brings us to the murder. Three assassination attempts and a murder. And Veronica murders Chad. I mean, in self-defense. But. Poor she, Smithers, man. He oh, is right? distraught. Oh, my God. This poor dude. And, and she was so nonchalant about it. She's like, so there's a dead body over there. She's and- like, I killed Chad in self-defense, which is exactly what someone who killed somebody not in self-defense would say. But, you know. 
<laughs> she was so calm about it, though. And it's kind of like, I wish I had that type of... <laughs> I wish I could kill somebody and just no. be super cool about it. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Maybe one day I'll have to. Uh, you heard it here first. Oh, um, snap. Please don't testify against Dawn. But no, I just wish I had that, uh, the wits about me. Like, that You kind don't know of- if you would. Maybe you would. I just, I don't... You've yeah. never been in a life-threatening situation. True, and so. I've watched enough shit that I think maybe I'd, like... I would with like enough to adrenaline, think. yes, that I would be able to... I would like to think that I could. Have out-of-body experiences and just be, like, know exactly what to do. I just do. gotta do what I gotta do. Shoot my ex-husband in the chest twice, and... I kind of um, want to do that, too, but he's not threatening <laughs> Well, you know, give it time. Oh, God. That can be arranged. <laughs> So um, those are our three assassination attempts and a murder. Um, other peripheral things to discuss. So let's go back to Cheryl and her ministry. Wait, can we, sorry, oh. can we just go back? Sure. There's a quote from Veronica that made me want to throw up. Okay, go ahead. It involves the title of the episode. Oh, yeah. When okay. Hiram is oh, yes. tied when up. When we're rehashing her daddy issues. <laughs> and she has a nice talk with him. And she goes, can you feel it, daddy? Our dance of death is finally coming to an end. Can you feel it, daddy? It was so seductive that I wanted to vomit. Yeah. um, Can we stop this? Can we stop it now? Did you notice her face when she cut his restraints with the letter opener? No, because listening to that made me throw up, so I wasn't paying attention. The final part there. So we should backtrack for a sec and say... Veronica knew pretty early that Hiram was the one who rigged the explosion in the mines. And so she goes to Hiram, she knocks him out and ties him to a chair and is basically like, you ruined my childhood. And therefore, if you kill Archie, I will kill you. It also seemed like he was tied up for a very long time. It did. We were unclear on the like. Like we went scenes upon scenes and then we come back and he's still (laughs) tied up. still in the chair. And it's still daytime, but it also seemed like it was nighttime at some other point. So like we don't know how long he was there. Anyway, Veronica. Veronica comes up to him with the letter opener, and I honestly really hoped that she was going to kill him. Oh, I thought Shank something. She was going. I was like, I was on the edge of my seat, like, oh fuck, like, or at least some type of threat. This is the moment, like, oh, like I'm capable. I, I remember. Yes, I remember thinking in my head at the moment. I was like, if she kills Hiram right now, I am so fucking on board with Riverdale. Like, I will never stop watching. And she didn't. She cut loose his restraints. But the face she made while she was doing it was a little uncomfortable. It just it looked a little like orgasmic to me where she's just like, eh. and I was like, but it makes sense, though, with their oh, relationship. No. There's that weird fucking like weird. De- oh, God, I want to throw up. I yeah, can't. I don't I don't like it. I've never liked we it. We can move on. Now. <laughs> we, sorry. OK, all right. Let's let's just get out of I, here. Sorry, I just had to bring up that quote because to call him daddy in a threat is just she should never call him daddy period. ever. But yeah, that was is Archkins. <laughs> it hasn't been long enough since I heard Archkins. <laughs> Once I heard it, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I was going to say, we have another fucking episode to go. I really missed it. But they're broken up now. Whatever. Uh, Okay, so let's backtrack for a sec to Mm -hmm. Cheryl's ministry. So Kevin is having second thoughts, reasonably so. Mm -hmm. And 
it seems like Penelope is trying to force them apart for whatever reason. I, st- I yeah, still I don't, don't know what her deal there. is. Yeah, I don't understand how they seem threatening to her. No, she was like lurking in the background when Kevin was like, you know what, I'm out. And Cheryl was like, that's totally yeah. fine. And Pen- Penelope's in the back like smirking. Like, super it's excited. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I think she just matter? hates that. Cheryl's happiness? <laughs> well, yeah, that. But also her idea has come more to fruition because of Cheryl. Mm-hmm. and kevin so if she sees that kevin's leaving she's kind of like what does cheryl have now like she can't do it by herself it's a non-vocal thing where it's like she's in the shadows like we're not getting anything we're just seeing that she's kind of not about it and we're sitting there and watching her lurk but we're getting nothing i'm still really confused as to what penelope's interest in all of this is like what? Does well, we she thought it was want? monetary, didn't we? Yeah, but like that doesn't seem to be doing anything, bearing any fruit, so to speak. So I don't understand. Hmm. Like this is the only thing, you know. Like I've had theories for so many different things. I don't have any theories for this. I don't know what. No, this they're really not to. giving us. They're really not giving us anything. But. <laughs> but. This kind of goes into the next episode. Okay. But I think it's in this one as well. I just didn't visually see it. As we've brought up before, we read the BuzzFeed. <laughs> We're all about BuzzFeed. We're all about BuzzFeed. Um, the recaps by Jen. Hey, Jen. Um, <laughs> Please listen to her podcast. Right? We consider you our BFF. <laughs> we talk about you like you were friends, yes. but we're not. <laughs> um, she did mention, based on this past week's, that Penelope is wearing one glove only. Mm-hmm. But she also referenced that back to Principal, Principal Weatherby, Weatherby and his connection to the cult, the cults, the farm. So she said, I don't Are know. Are we sure it's not be- Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> Never know. <laughs> but he's with Jason in the abyss. Um, <laughs> but once I read that, I was like, huh. And then us now discussing it out loud for the first time and being confused as to what her distaste for Cheryl's involvement and Kevin's involvement and whatever is could there be a weird connection with the cult like well I think I mentioned this like way back when you may have well because I was thinking of other people who were in prison who might have gotten out in the prison break and Evelyn was right Evelyn was in the prison so I kind of thought that perhaps this may have had something to do with her because it did have cult vibes and I was thinking like oh Evelyn could also be involved IDK I also weirdly feel like we would have seen her already I think so too but it also could be one of those like crazy pullback reveals like oh but also Evelyn was behind it the whole like we might see it in the finale like I- <laughs> like that she's consorting with anything Penelope. is possible yeah right. let's not rule anything out and Great honestly fruit. this is something that we should really support going on because i threw out some crazy theories early on that turned out to be correct so just you know take that as it is let's put a pin in it let's put a pin in it so the sorry other thing yeah want- that was the that was my my contribution to that story <laughs> well i mean i i don't think that we should discount it i think no this has always had cult vibes and the only other person that we know who was in prison with Penelope that like might, yeah, yeah. is Evelyn. So listen, let's just keep that on the back burner. We could turn out to be right about it. So. Jen can turn out to be right about it. We have to give her credit where credit's due. No, listen, I brought this up really early. (laughs) 
go back. Right. Go back and listen go to back your and re-listen. I've got lots of good shit back in the day. No. Not so much anymore, but back in the day. No, you really definitely did. You definitely did. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying Jen pointed it out for me to even bring it up. She did it as a joke, too, because she we, did. We yes. should remember that Principal Weatherby's fingers were chopped off. Well, no, I always remember <laughs> that. But then when she said, oh, wait a minute, the whole one glove thing. And I was like, wait a minute, why is Penelope only wearing one glove? Like, Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, too. We don't really know. We don't know. That's never been addressed. So, yeah, I mean, fair questions and maybe questions we'll have answered this season. But, you know, if not, the next season's right around the corner. So like, we really want to wait have maybe very a month longer. Break. Yeah, yeah, it'll be my birthday present because it's um, premiering on the sixteenth. So, oh my god, it will be my birthday. Belated. Happy birthday! Here's some Riverdale. <laughs> Here's hopefully a good premiere, which yeah, we can. It will not be the other thing. I just want to mention quickly about Kevin. So, like, and we kind of see this in the last episode as well. No thruple anymore. Like, Mm-mm. there's just no talk of a thruple. No talk. Like, there's nothing. It. <laughs> We're just vanished. done with that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I feel for Kevin. It makes me sad sometimes because I feel like he was truly happy with Fangs. And I'm not saying Fangs wasn't happy with him, but it just didn't work in their favor. But Kevin deserves happiness and it makes me sad. He does. I just don't know why the show couldn't give it to him. Right? You know, And like, why are they trying to give it to him in weird scenarios? Like, Oh, Cheryl's cult church. Like, right. no, don't do that to him. We, we, and we did this before. Like, that's the, really my biggest beef. Oh, he was. Yeah. Ministry. Is he just like a magnet for cults? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I do think certain people are just more susceptible to cults. You know, like they just want to believe certain things. So. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he is more susceptible to cults, but it, it's just frustrating that the show keeps doing the same thing. Like, we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to keep putting him in cults, no. but we do. So, you know, that's just the hand that he's dealt. The other sort of side plot that is going on right now is Britta. Yeah, poor girl. It's nice to see Riverdale addressing some, like, real issues. Right. Because most and, of the time they're not real. <laughs> it is. I mean, it definitely is a real issue, and I'm sure it happens all over the place. But, yeah, she's she's getting shit for being who she is. And that is a big under... I feel like that's an underlying thing anywhere, really. Right. Yeah, it's it's very a relatable story to tell. And I think especially like nowadays, because even the generation that we grew up in, being gay wasn't easy. No. It was definitely still stigmatized. And I was talking to one of my friends today about her kids growing up in an era where therapy is so much more embraced than it was in our time. Mm-hmm. Like there's no stigma really anymore to it's easy to talk to about, yeah. And talking about your feelings and just kind of engaging with that. And it's just really interesting to see maybe how things are going to develop going forward because things are so different now. But it's still hard for people to come out to their parents. Come Absolutely. Out to their because our parents, even their acceptance of anything is just, you know, blind eye. What I don't know won't hurt me. Don't ask, don't tell. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's, it's very, but it, it's, there's just so much to it and like not even to get like super serious about it but like my uncle for one i didn't know that he was i'm going with by because he was married but also there was that that could have been a cover-up right it could have just been you know and there was other things i heard down the line but it wasn't until after he passed away that i knew that oh and it was something that it was like, it was so, it was kept from us, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it just, 
it kind of made me sad because it was one of those things where it's like, I ne- I grew up as a very accepting person. That's how my parents raised me. Or at least my mom. My dad is another story. <laughs> Different <laughs> podcast. The Daddy Issues uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, Don't know but- I got plenty of content for that one. <laughs> um, But no, like it was just one of those things that it was to find it out later and not be able to like kind of reach out let him live his life when uh, around me at that time right let him know that you were okay with absolutely and i'd like to think you know he he hears me talking about it and knows how much i wanted to be there for whatever he needed but it's just it's wild to me how much a generation can change a thought yeah process and it's I, I'd like to think if he was still alive now that it would just be such an open conversation and right. that we would just have, be, you know, like be able to talk about right. It would like just this. be a thing that you knew, uh-huh. you know, and, and it just it didn't have to be a big thing. It was just a thing that existed. And I feel that way in my family, too. Everybody, everybody's straight in my family, which seems unlikely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you would think like a numbers game, somebody would be gay. <laughs> and I was talking to my friend again about this today. You know, one of my cousins who isn't married yet, I've I've always looked at her and kind of thought like maybe there's maybe there's something going on here, asexual or lesbian, because I've never heard of her being in a relationship, male or right. female. And I I hope that she feels comfortable saying whatever she whatever she is, mm-hmm. you know, I like I, I worry that maybe she feels suppressed because she feels the pressure because everybody in our family is straight. <laughs> and so maybe she thinks that she can't be anything else. It's it's so complicated. And it's it so is. Difficult. It's a very unfortunate scenario because this still happens where people just don't accept the people that they love for what they are. And it's I'm glad that the show is tackling it. And, yeah. And I felt that more so in the musical episode, actually, than I did in this episode. Oh, yeah. I kind of, I really... I thought we were going to drop it after this one. So did I. I thought, like, <laughs> okay, we, we addressed it, and then they're just going to, you know... Right. Blow right through pretend it. Pretend nothing ever happened after that. Yeah. So but, the, um, the continuity yeah, no. is nice. Yeah. Now. Yes. We got to get into the nitty gritty, I think. Are we at the Mothman or no? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and the lead up to that. <laughs> Which is, go ahead, start um, us off, Don. <laughs> I don't like starting. Do it, do it, do it. We have our <laughs> our duo, our crime fighting duo is back together. Dude, so they played the Betty and Jughead theme. There's a theme? Oh my God, yes. Stop. Yes, it's, I, I won't sing it for you. <laughs> Wait, it's actual like lyrics? No, no. But, oh, like, no, it's, oh, you it's won't a, do like the melody a, of it for uh, me. It's a motif. Is, okay, I, I didn't the know the technical th- term. But I didn't know there was a Betty and Jughead theme. There's a motif, absolutely, and it plays like whenever they're having like a little nice romantic moment. So like if you go back to the earlier seasons, you can definitely like wow, pick you it really up. pick up on things. Listen, I lo- I'm a big music person. I think so. you're gonna be like I'm a I'm a bughead. Oh well, I am also a bughead. Oh, well, but <laughs> we're all bugheads. But I do I do um ship them. But mm-hmm. anyway, they they had that moment where they were like we're gonna team up again, and then it played their little motif, and I was like, oh my god, this makes me feel things. <laughs> This makes me cream my pants. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> but enough. Like I was I 
I was feeling things. I was like, this is what's meant to be. This well, is what's thing, supposed to be. The thing that's weird, though, is oh. in the last episode, Tabitha was like, you can't be involved in this. I'm going to help Betty. And you just stay over here and work on your recovery. And then in this episode, it was like, you know what, Jughead, come in and, and help us. <laughs> like, we can't do this by ourselves. It's like, oh, OK, so I guess Jughead's recovery is now second mm. banana to finding the second banana. <laughs> I love bananas. I do not, but I kind of... What? Yeah, sorry. What's their problem with bananas? They're gross. <gasps> it's a texture issue. Oh, you know what? That's what I was going to ask, but okay. We'll move on from bananas. Mm-hmm. I'll use another fruit in my next analogy. So, yes, Betty and Jughead are back together because they're the only ones who could solve murders. Apparently, and... they're, they're even better than the FBI at solving murders. A thousand percent. And... Uh... Mm-hmm. Dr. Curdle Jr. makes a lot of appearances this episode. He does. He has a lot of info. And, yeah, which you're going to have to help me break down. Okay. I'm everywhere. delighted. Delighted to do that It's for you. everywhere on here. Um, <laughs> but can I just want to I just want to say ahead of the game that mm-hmm. why is Betty related to every murderer slash serial killer I laughed in town? A lot. I laughed a lot when that came out because I was like, no fucking way that they did this to Betty again. That gene is rampant. Again. Good I God. can't believe they did this to her. Imagine that was a real gene and like one of us had it. I think we would know by now. I would hope so. I think we'd be like doing the Dexter life if we had the serial killer gene. Don't hurt me. I've never seen it. <gasps> John, you would love that show. I've been told by several people. You would love it. I've been told. And okay. now that it's coming back, it's kind of like, oh, okay. what it else goes, do I have to It watch? goes off the rails as most, uh, we talked about this today, as most shows that last multiple seasons. I heard go, that was one of the most, dis- one of the oh, disappointing finales as oh, well. Oh, listen, if True Blood is worse than the Dexter finale, we have a problem. <laughs> we have another podcast coming out. <laughs> worst finales Blood. of all time. Oh my god, I love that idea. <laughs> Wait, We're copywriting I, that. I could talk for conservatively six hours about the train wreck that was the How I Met Your Mother finale, but okay. All right. Where were we? Sidetrack. Dr. Curdle Dr. Jr. Dr. Curdle Jr. So, yes. Betty is related to not Martin. Not Martin. Not Martin. That's what we find out. But... There were a significant amount of illegitimate children. Oh, I call them blossom bastards. <laughs> that's amazing. Because <laughs> that's what they are. That's what they are. They but are Nana Rose bastards. tried to cover that up by putting them all in a... Yeah, she... Okay. 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 Yeah, let's backtrack. You, you will be able to... <sighs> I'm trying... Okay. Hit me with this better. I'm trying to figure this out. Okay. So the thing we should start with is that... Betty has asked Dr. Curdle Jr. to hold not Martin's body for like an indetermined amount of time. Can you just keep this here on ice? Thank you. Keep what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, wh- why? Um, she doesn't want him to report him to the authorities. And so she has to bribe him <laughs> to, to not report this dead body to the authorities. Which, where's she getting the money from? She doesn't have a job. True. How the fuck is she paying him? Whatever. So... Dr. Colonel Jr. finds another body in Swedlow Swamp. This body is dismembered and mm. deteriorated, which I find interesting because in prior episodes, we've established that swamps preserve bodies, right? Like, that's, Oh, yeah. That's a thing. They stay intact. Yeah. Pretty much. So yeah. 
because the body is unrecognizable due to the dismemberment and the decomposition. They have to take DNA samples from Betty to see if it's Polly, but it doesn't match Polly. They think that it's Squeaky, Lynette. Which we finally feels. hear her name. Yeah. Since the beginning. Like, because her mom calls Pops and says, and it's like, she's she never not, showed she up. She never showed up. And then we immediately discover her body, which is convenient. So, Squeaky did. We knew that. Mm. Uh, what we didn't know was that Betty was related to not Martin. So, not Martin is the love child of Nana Rose's husband and some rando within their periphery. Did she give them a name? Who? Nana Rose. Well, did she, she said... Did she name the woman or like the... She she didn't identify the women. She said they were like maids or, you know, what like people, workers around the house and such, which makes it sound like they worked on a plantation at some point and he <laughs> was like sense. impregnating slaves. But <laughs> the... the <laughs> I'm sorry. But, like, doesn't it? Okay, and actually, one of my questions here, uh-huh. if we can just if we can just divert for a second. Sorry, my head hurts. <laughs> so, if we are to believe that Ned Rose's husband fathered these right. children, mm-hmm. some of those kids, so, like, the, not Martin and the the nice mothman that we'll get to later, they both look like they're no older than 30. Which right. would make them around the same age as, like, Betty, Archie, Yeah, they're Veronica. about, like, five so, or six years apart. When did Nana Rose's husband die? Like, was he still fathering children up until, like, he was 80 or 90? Like, how old is Nana she Rose? She made him seem like he was This This sounded like sheets. it was old. Old stuff happening. But these people, like, the you know, old man Dreyfus, yes, is the right age right. for this. But these are. Or is it just the offspring from that point? Well, yeah, okay. So then did they like inbreed and. But like, did they. Were there any women? I don't know. That's my other question. Like, all we see is men. Did he father any girls at this? Uh, I have lots of questions. Yeah, I don't know. (sighs) Okay, I need to calm down. So. That's what we find out. They speculate that because Betty's DNA matches not Martin, that they must be related to the Blossoms because all the Coopers are accounted for. So then they go to interrogate Nana Rose and they're like, yo, what is really going on here? And she's the one who tells them about the Blossom Bastards and how she pawned them off on this couple that lives in the woods, a barren couple, the Stark Brothers. Now, I don't know if this triggered you, but... um, Starkweather is the name of a pretty famous serial killer in American history. No. So famous that it's in We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Starkweather Homicide. Uh, no. And okay. I've been listening to a podcast <laughs> that should cover it. So well, I'll maybe they will, but Charles Starkweather. I'm surprised they brought up a real name like, and didn't like. Well, I don't know if this is, I mean, I'm assuming this is where they got it from. Mm-hmm. Although there really isn't a lot of parallels other than Charles Starkweather was a 19-year-old serial killer back in the late 1950s who went on a killing spree and murdered 10 people in just like one week. So the similarities kind of seem to end there, but I just kind of like that, that name triggered me because I was like, wait, I know this from a Billy Joel song. So <laughs> you did a couple of weeks ago sing the whole thing for me. I sure did. I know all the lyrics. Hit me up. But 
the other thing we find out from Nana Rose is that Cousin Timothy was the Mothman in the maple syrup, mm-hmm. which makes Gross. total sense. <laughs> and uh, yeah, apparently Cousin Timothy had some problems and was deformed. And <laughs> so they put him in a barrel of maple syrup. So not only is Betty related to not Martin, but she's related to the rest of these Starkweathers. And these are the guys who have been trolling the... Lonely Highway, right. looking for women to kill. Yes, because reasons. <laughs> they they're they don't like women. They hate people. <laughs> Maybe that's why there's no women around because they're killing them all. They said something about survival at one point. Old Man Driver said something about. So okay, so they realize that the only person who's been like perpetuating the Mothman story besides Nana Rose is. Old man Dreyfus. And they're like, oh, shit, this guy is probably guilty. So they go to interrogate old man Dreyfus. Mm -hmm. Jughead goes in to get the story while the rest of them search the grounds because poor Britta has gone missing at this point. And we think this is where she is. So Jughead is trying to get the whole story from old man Dreyfus. Mm -hmm. He says something about how they started killing women for survival reasons. Again, don't understand that book. Yeah, because, like, they they were killing sex workers and people who wouldn't have a lot of money. So, like, if they were trying to get money from these murders, that like, that's not really the smartest strategy. But eventually he says it became more about the sport of hunting these women, which is gross. So typical serial killer-esque. Sure. And um, again, I mean, like, is this related to TBK? The only reason I ask is because Squeaky's body was found dismembered, which is TBK TBK's thing. MO. It wasn't in trash bags, which would explain the trash bag part of the trash bag killer, but it was dismembered. So, and even Betty and Jughead were like, that's kind of weird. Like, that's mm. different. So, IDK, I feel like... IDK, BTK. IDK, TBK. Oh, I was about to say BTK, which is a real serial killer. Yeah, which is an actual... Yeah, no, I've honestly been afraid of doing that all all season. Oh, well, I did it for you. Thanks, Dawn. You're so considerate. I'm the idiot. (laughs) So, we don't... We still don't know TBK's identity at this point. No. We we don't know if he is related to to the Starkweathers. Right. I would love for my theory to be correct, so I'm going to say that he might be related to them. Maybe he just went rogue at some point. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. I was right about the Blossoms covering something up about the Mothmen, so. You were. You get a gold star for I don't that. want to toot my own horn for, like, too long about this, but I would like to gloat for a hot second. I called it. Please gloat to our audience. <laughs> Please go back to- Because you've gloated to me several times already. <laughs> I just can't believe it. <laughs> Listen, as I said to you, if you throw enough shit at the wall, something's going to stick. So I've thrown a lot of theories out there, and a lot of them are wrong. But this one thing happens to be right. So, uh, yeah. Suck it. Understood. Suck it. Also, I just want to say quickly, if remember... You probably don't. <laughs> remember? Wow. Well... <laughs> 
as I burp into the mic. <laughs> I'm sorry, because this was just one of my tirades that you probably just like tuned out at some point. Not necessarily. <laughs> but remember when Jughead initially interviewed Nana Rose and mm-hmm. she was like, oh, the autopsy was done. And I was like, why didn't they follow up on this autopsy? If they had followed up on the autopsy they at known it was that chemistry. time, they would have figured this bullshit out. They have to give back us then. a long-term so mad scenario that's the I whole was, thing i was on to them from day one i think we're close to my second marvel reference okay give it to me the mothman yeah 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 looks like iron man <laughs> <laughs> oh that's it like a makeshift iron man no but honestly again just the the production value of the scene i'm like what are we doing this is our second marvel kind of reference yeah it was very strange that whole scene where they recover britta so while jughead's interrogating old man drivis they recover britta from this weird shed that supposedly looks like a spaceship which guys it's a shed it's not a spaceship (laughs) it looks like why do you fucking keep saying that it's so annoying because they wanted to be in relation (laughs) to so aliens um there's one nice mothman and by the way because we haven't said it yet. The Stark Brothers have created the myth of the Mothmen to keep people from looking into their business. So... Whatever. Yeah. So the Mothmen was a smokescreen, if I can use a term. We love using that term. <laughs> if I can use a term from the other uh, areas of the show. Their smokescreen for the Starkweather homicide operation. And there's one nice Mothman who helps Britta get out and who also helped Lerman Logan get out, which also, if we can say, I really wanted him to be spoken to like back in the day. And Jughead's like, oh, well, they wouldn't let me. And it's like, fuck you. It's true. They wouldn't. Yeah. But like Betty could have done it. Like uh, somebody else could have done it. <laughs> like they let all these leads just go cold. And it was like, what the fuck? Well, we're getting it now. Whatever. It's not enough. So it's fine. So, yeah. So, there's a nice Mothman. That's all we know. <laughs> he helps save Britta. Yes. And we can only assume that all of the Mothmen have been... <laughs> all of the Starkweather slash Mothmen have been accounted for. Because Betty's like, oh, they're coming to arrest you and your brothers. But did they get all of them? We don't know. We won't know. We don't know. So... But we do find something very tragic out. Oh, Yes. Old man Dreyfus does tell us. Reveal the location of Polly's Polly's remains. So I will eat crow on that one. I did say repeatedly that I thought Polly was still going to be alive. It's sad. I think it was very like, it was predictable, but the way they shot that was super sad. Oh, it was awful. It was a really terrible moment. And it was made more terrible because I was so convinced that we were going to get Polly back alive. I really thought we were going to. So to to find out that I was wrong and that she was dead, it was just a double whammy. <laughs> so sorry. I, it, it was a personal experience for me. <laughs> so I just have like a couple more questions about things because mm-hmm. we still don't know what caused the bright lights and the magnet stuff that Jughead saw and that pop tape. I think saw. that was I think that was them. I Doing think- what? We don't have an explanation for just it. Just being obnoxious. I don't... Uh... I mean, they made that Mothman costume. They could put lights, stadium lights up somewhere to fucking fuck with people. I don't know. I don't I don't like that. I don't like that that's I don't not think we're getting an answer to that. Directly. Just saying. <gasps> I need one. 
No, you don't. No, we need to move on from this. No, they, why? Uh, no. We need to move on. From I this. can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stick to the bright lights and the magnets because that was weird. I don't know how they could do that. They're mechanics. They could figure it out. So we'll just we'll just have to see what we see. All right. So let's move on to the musical. Oh, the musical. We were dreading this musical. I was very much dreading this. I always dread this. Um, next to normal, which I've never seen or heard of before. Okay. I have. So okay. I, I can offer some context for this. Yes. You were you were guiding me through because <laughs> I was kind of like, um, why is this such a big deal? Honestly, because like I'm on Twitter and people are like raving that like, oh my God, because can we just preface by saying... We could not watch the episode live because the oh, damn Yankees damn. were on. Those damn Yankees. Those damn Yankees. <laughs> the fu- uh, like, is this an important game? Like, are we? It is. Are, we're we're in the playoffs. Series of yeah, shit. Playoffs. Like, but this. I think it, it is playoffs because they wouldn't have done that to us. But anyway, the only thing worse than watching a musical episode of Riverdale is having to watch the Yankees. The Yankees. <laughs> And I say that being a Mets fan, so I say it just in if general. it was if watching it, baseball is boring. Honestly, as fuck. if the Mets were on, I'd still be pissed. But regardless, yeah. watching I am a baseball Mets fan. is boring as fuck. I will die on that hill. Okay, I used to play softball, so like it's not like I don't understand baseball. Like I get it, I just don't care. If it was hockey, we wouldn't be as pissed. Anyway, <laughs> um, regardless, we could not watch it live, so we had to wait a day and watch it on our own personal time. <laughs> our own personal time. So to get us started. Here's our 60-second summary. It's the episode we've been dreading. It's Riverdale the Musical, featuring songs from Broadway show Next to Normal. Alice is coping with Polly's death by repeatedly listening to the soundtrack and hallucinating that Polly and Charles are around and they're a big happy family. Betty keeps trying to pull her back into reality so that they can process their grief together, and after some deeply emotional moments, she eventually succeeds. The rest of the cast gets sucked into this musical calamity, too. In a weirdly accelerated plot, Veronica decides she wants to move in with Archie in Act 1 and then breaks up with him in Act 2 because she gets claustrophobic and realizes that she might not be happy stuck in Riverdale with her lover after all. After singing a love ballad together, Jughead and Tabitha are now officially a couple as is customary in the Riverdale musical universe. When Tabitha's disapproving parents visit, they try to discourage the relationship, but just like in Next to Normal, love prevails in the end. Speaking of love, Tony and Fangs are in it. They bond over working together to find Britta a foster home, which they eventually find in Cheryl. You know, the totally stable person who thinks she is a divine entity in the ministry her mother created and then she co-opted? Sounds like a plan. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. (laughs) I thought I was going to have a controversial opinion here. We <laughs> literally were dreading it. We were texting each other, I IMing each other at work. We're like, we don't want to do this tonight. I don't want to watch this. We would see scenes on Instagram and I would send them to you. And I'm like, don't make me do this. And Because in the past, any musical interludes or full musical episodes were just so forced yes. into plots and into storylines that it was gross. I, I mean, there's better words, but I'm no gross, use gross is right. Yeah, let's go with gross. Uh, cringy, cringy is another good <laughs> one. I, I didn't like it. This in particular, given that I did not know the musical going in, the musical numbers hit home. Well, hit home in a sense of the show. Like they perfectly wrote it for what was going on in this episode, so it made it more tolerable. I agree mm-hmm. and here's i have a caveat to that because i do think it very much fit the scenario of alice and betty working through their grief over polly 
the scenes that were cringy to me were the ones where they tried to force musical numbers on the into other cast members. The other cast members. I agree. I totally agree because I feel like, and we both said this to each other. Jughead did not need to sing. Ooh, Cole Sprouse, dude, like love you. You denied it. But like you, you refused it years ago. Yes. Like I, I texted you and I was like, remember when Cole refused to sing in the first couple of like musical episodes? Stick with that shit because that's not your strength. You know it. Don't right. do this to us because it just makes it. That I do want to say though, I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I know, okay, so I know that their musical number wasn't really necessary, but given the context and what the scene was, it was fine. It was fine. I think- His singing wasn't that bad. Okay. Uh, I just agree. I think the singing was awful. (laughs) He tried. He tried. No, he did try. And I think if they had to give him a scene and a song to do, that was the one. Yeah. No, that was the song that made the most sense out of context. Yes. A hundred percent. The Veronica song, you know, Superboy and the Invisible Girl, that w- that did not work. And Cheryl's song did not work. Cheryl's song worked. They rewrote all of the lyrics. Oh, they rewrote them? <laughs> they, wrote all- re- re- blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they rewrote a lot. See, I didn't know that because as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, this works perfectly for them. And I'm like, no. So let me tell you. I, I would just like to start here because sure. maybe you some, are the some of our listeners may not know about Next to Normal. Betty did As a I. very, very loose explanation at the beginning of what it was about. She wasn't totally wrong, but she left out a lot of like essential issues. So the mom in the family of Next to Normal, she has bipolar disorder. And oh, she, well, I mean, okay. All right. She's dealing with that. And a lot of the show is about her going through therapy and going through series of medications to try and treat her bipolar disorder. So the song where Alice is singing, um, I Miss the Mountains, Mm -hmm. that's about the mom being on a medication that dulls all of her senses to the point where she has no sensation, where she just doesn't feel like she's in the world anymore. She's completely numb to everything. And and just it going through that. I thought that was a great song, though. It was a great song. It wasn't meant to be a duet. It's sung solely by the mother in the show. They did it nicely as a duet. I was going to say that... They worked it well. They worked it very well. They worked it well. I will say that. It was an emotional song. Like, I... There were a few times I got a little emotional during this episode. But I feel like, you know... If you're if you're a person who's been on some sort of medication for mood altering, that maybe you maybe you know about this mm-hmm. about how things just don't feel as sharp, and you don't feel them as much, and that's what that song is about. So it, it doesn't translate fully, but it worked fine. It worked for that scenario, and I it hit home a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. The lyrics that they portrayed, like yes. the whole like I miss the mountains, I miss my mom. That was that was new. That was I was gonna <laughs> say different. like you, you you said that was new, but how they did it, I was like that was something that again a few of the musical numbers hit home and were a little emotional. Yeah, and I think that's why I I liked them so much because they were raw and they they seemed a little more real than the other shit we've gotten. Like they weren't grasping at straws, so it's not like 
oh, it's the Carrie musical or it's Hedwig where it's like they're dressed up and they're they're really playing yeah. it up. Right. It's it was meant to be for that particular scene. Well, this is the thing, you know, it's the previous musical episodes have always been based around a performance. Right. An it's, actual, right, right. It's an, it's a musical that has spilled over into somehow, somehow relating, but life. not really. No. Well, which is similar to this, you know, like I think if the show had stayed with Alice's hallucinations, and followed that throughout the episode, like that would have succeeded more. The fact that they tried to bring everybody into it was where it failed for me. I think it was more of Betty's view on it all. I mean, I know we're supposed to say it's Alice's thought process, but if you think about it throughout, there are times when Betty is viewing uh, Alice's thought process. Sure. So she's in the background realizing that Alice is in this scenario in her head. Right, but she's not viewing Jughead and Tabitha's relationship. No, 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 no. I know that, but I'm saying like, yeah, I don't know. I guess they just, I guess they had to make it throughout the episode. Well, they did, I, and 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 that's the thing. Like they stretched it in places, and I feel like that's where it wasn't as successful. So, like the rest of Next to Normal is basically, you know, they do have a dead child. The mother mm-hmm. in Next to Normal has a son that passed away, but he was a child. Like he was young when he passed away. And I I noticed that the most because they always have to alter the lyrics to say she's not there or, you know, like she, 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 because they're talking about right. Polly, but in the show it's a he. And in the in the show, you know, she hallucinates her son being there and her son tells her to go off her medication you know like he he's dragging her down okay in the same way that in riverdale alice is being alice is being dragged in by polly and charles for some weird reason why is charles there i think it's just a scenario of these are her three <laughs> the perfect children. family yeah i mean yeah her three children though. i was like, not expecting to see charles i was shocked by that when he that burst, was hilarious when you when texted he me burst like oh my room, god i was stunned and actually if i can just say because we haven't seen charles since the pincushion man no so something that i want to mention do you watch brooklyn 99 i have from time to time okay so you may not necessarily know about this but do you know like hitchcock and scully they're like the really gross like older cops that are <laughs> like they're just like lazy and obnoxious and usually very sexist and they have a flashback at one point to their early days of being cops and this actor who plays charles plays young does he really yeah he plays the young version of hitchcock and it's so fucking great i saw it and i was like wait a minute i know you you are definitely a person i'm aware of so um fun fact charles also plays young hitchcock in brooklyn 99 nice because i haven't seen him in anything else myself <laughs> yeah he has a very small imdb page but that's on it so speaking of imdb yes just a fun fact Go a fun ahead story a couple of weeks ago i was out to dinner with my cousins and i brought up i don't know it was a show a movie i don't know what i brought up but my one cousin jackie says to me you are a walking rotten tomatoes (laughs) (laughs) she goes you're a walking imdb page and (laughs) rotten tomatoes and i said i'm taking that as a compliment because that means i have a lot of knowledge yeah that's a really nice comment and it's very accurate on entertainment But I found it very funny. I think anyone who listens to the podcast would agree that you are a walking Rotten Tomatoes (laughs) slash IMDb. 
I'll just put that on my resume. I know that I do. (laughs) So anyway, God, there's, there's actually more to talk about. Well, I mean, musical numbers aside, we can't put the musical numbers aside. I know, I know, but like musical aside, plot, more plot wise. Okay. A couple of things that I, I loved. We did discuss Jughead and Tabitha singing. Yeah. Um, Not good. Besides their singing. I ship them. I'm very meh. You're meh. Well, I will tell you that via Twitter. Via Twitter. There is a hashtag. Jabatha Rising. Jabatha. Um, I'm have, obsessed with it. I have to say, when I was doing the 60 second summary, I, <laughs> I in advertently merged their names when I was like trying to talk oh without my... knowing what the hashtag was yeah well I just I was reading it and I, and I said Jabatha because <laughs> I was like I was oh trying... so you knew I was trying to get through really quickly and I was like Jabatha and well I you like, know I tried right. to hit another now couple with a um tangs or phony, phony. <laughs> Um, would you like to hit me with the word that you used? Amalgamation? Okay. Thank there you for pronouncing You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> I felt like a dumbass. Um, but knew what it meant, so I was half dumbass. Yeah, 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 you were fine. I knew what she was referring context to. Context clues are important. Right, context clues. But yes, I said phony, and she told me that wasn't a good amalgamation, which... Than you just said. Tangs. Tangs is better. You're right. I, I mean, it sounds like a sushi place, but it's fine. Regardless, <laughs> I'm for both those couples from this episode. So really? I wanted to bring that up. Yes, I am. I, I'm about it. You were very OMG when, when Tangs happened. I wa- because I sensed it coming, but when they both just admitted it to each other, I'm like, I think this is meant to happen. I, was I think they're the most dedicated it. to each other. I Yes, sure but at the same time i felt like they were our main outlets for gay and lesbian relationships and for the show to take that away i was like wait what are you doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like these were our gay lesbian people and now you have put them in a hetero relationship well we purposely got their whole discussion prior last episode of their coming out stories and how they were so shitty for them yeah based on Britta's you know what I mean so it's like so they purposely gave us that they're coming out stories and a refresher okay to kind of be like you're clearly more in tune with this than I am like I I didn't pick up on that as like an indication that this was coming oh that's what made me feel like okay they're gonna they're gonna vibe off of each other because they both you know have similar coming out stories and they're you know dealing well Tony's dealing with the British situation, so it's like that's something that's bringing them even more closer together. So it's like, sure. oh, I'm in love, and then that's just how it works, you know? Yeah, I I wasn't, uh, I didn't know how to feel about the how Cheryl worked into that because I, uh, I'm, I don't think I don't. Okay, so I don't think it was a well thought out process, but I also don't think it was that far fetched. I'm going to like slightly change what you said. I don't think it was that bad of an idea, but I don't. Uh, she's so in the cult right now that or like the she's so. In right. I do kind of anticipate place. this poor girl is going to be putting a child in there. Cheryl just feels 2.0. like a mistake. But. I love it's a that project. direction Okay, I, Yes, her. yes. I don't want to call it a project, but I did call it a project. I mm, 
That's not what I wanted to say. I like Cheryl having somebody to mentor in a sense. Yes. And I'm not saying in the cult ways. I'm no. just saying to yeah. have somebody to relate to. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I'm I'm And I'm Tony addressed it, yes. And Tony addressed it to her in that sense. Like, yeah. hey, she had the same exact kind of coming out situation like you did where your parents or, were not accepting. Right. And not even that her parents weren't accepting, but Tony's weren't. Of them. So that affected right. Cheryl. And I think this plot would have lurked. lurked. <laughs> Holy shit. Let me start that again. I think this plot would have worked a lot better mm-hmm. if the ministry didn't exist. Yes. If Cheryl. Because now we're scared. If Cheryl had been a, like a bitter bitch coming back from this and, you know, like, as we saw her at the beginning of this season where she was just kind of nasty and mean and just kind of a shell of what she was before. And then if they introduced Britta to her and were like, here, take care of this young girl who needs guidance and needs help. And that had kind of turned her around into being a better person. I see that. I see that journey for her. But now that she's involved in this ministry stuff, I question her ability to raise a teenager into a stable environment. And I don't want to because I do feel like this could be really good for her. And it's just I'm so conflicted about it. No, I completely agree with you. It can go in two separate directions, but seeing how we were left with them, I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. I think it's going to be okay, but... (laughs) but just based on the circumstances from like an objective standpoint oh of course yeah i would not put a child in that home (laughs) no so but i think i think tony's viewpoint too was kind of like i know cheryl's lonely as fuck and she does better being somehow paired with someone yeah no i think she's just a better person when there's something that she can work for like legitimately work for and that's what this is going to be and i i like it and i i really hope that it ends up being a positive thing i think i think it will be i just i don't know i'm still struggling to fit the ministry into again that could end in an episode we don't know i hope it does (laughs) i'm done that like Britta could be right. Britta could be the stepping stone into this being squashed. Sure. So we like don't Cheryl know. gives up the ministry to take care of Britta. Yep. That would be I great. That would be Let's amazing. Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. Let's move and on. Break. Archie and Veronica. We need to talk about because I have lots of thoughts and opinions. You go first. Okay. So. Are, we, are we singing because it's a singing episode? <laughs> yes. Here's the musical episode of I Hate It. Let's watch it. <laughs> did this only happen because they wanted to squeeze this storyline into a musical episode why did this happen why did this happen the way it did we start the episode we with got Veronica an, we barely saying, got an episode of them together yeah honestly. but like listen we started oh, with I'm veronica listening. saying i hope you are because i have a lot to say so we started this episode with veronica saying i want to skip all the bullshit let's just move in together like we're at that point let's just minute, do it okay go ahead immediately immediately that's what she wanted to mm-hmm. do by the end of the episode 
She's freaking out. Yeah. And like, I don't want to do this. Because it's not by her standards. I don't want to live in Riverdale. It's not what she fucking- I don't want to work in Riverdale. I need to get out of here. I can't live here. Blah, blah, blah. Like, what the fuck happened? She did a 180. She sure did. Immediately. And it was stupid because we were leading up to her. She literally told not only Chad, but Hiram. Or vice versa. That all she wanted was Archie. That all she wa- Like, she- lives breathes uh, archie <laughs> archie everything is everything archie. is archie and then all archie. of a sudden she's like oh my god but he wants to live here forever <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't fucking know that okay i'm sorry even after a seven year time jump the guy didn't fucking change he's exactly the same he didn't there was there no, no surprises there whatsoever. are no surprises here Archie is the same person that you dated in high school. Time out. All of them are the same people. Okay, fair. But. But especially. In this scenario, Archie has not changed. Not a single. He's the vigilante we love to hate. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just wild that she thinks the minute. Okay, she should have known the minute he was like, I want to live in my house with my uncle and Jughead. Oh. That that was the. But she should have known that was going to fucking happen. Yes. And, and here's my other major beef of the episode when she wanted to have that little check-in talk. And she was like, "God, it's super important that we be really honest with each other about where this relationship is going. And then Archie was super honest with her about where the relationship was going. And she was like, yeah, no, that's fine. That's not honesty. You said we should be honest, and then you just sat there and fucking lied yeah. and was like, yeah, no, that's totally cool. That's definitely what I want also. Like, let's stay in Riverdale forever. That's totally what I want. And it was like, if you were not happy, that was your opportunity to say you were not Absolutely. happy. Oh, that, that, ugh. <laughs> I can't, I can't with her. It was terrible. And then later on, she was like, you know what? We should take a step back. Like, this is all moving too fast. And then Archie was like, well, we can still hook up, like, while we're that figuring. That was such <laughs> while a we're teenage boy high school Which fucking Which is what she scenario. said. She called him out for it. She yeah. was like, we're not in high school anymore. He was like, but. But I also burger. feel like, no offense. Actually, all offense. All offense intended. <laughs> she play. I feel bad for Archie. Yes. She kind of played him I in do. that sense where it's kind of like this poor guy, he gave you an ultimatum. She did it. And now she's like, oh, but you're not by my standards at yes. all. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. She she totally implied that she was Go bomb Betty right fucking now. She needs some she needs something <laughs> right, right she now. Needs, she needs some comfort. Give Betty the comfort. But yes, I totally agree. Barchie for the win. Sorry. Barchi for the win. Barchi, fuck buddies for the win. Oh, oh, you added the fuck buddy part. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not about the relationship. But, mm. um, but <gasps> what is this new? Are what? you a Barchi ship? After this scenario, yeah. <laughs> fuck her. Okay, but like, <laughs> there are more women in the world besides Veronica and Betty for Archie in in Riverdale. Okay, fair. Yeah, wait. There's nobody else. Thank you. Maybe I was going to say this. Wait, I saw something about Alice and potentially Uncle Frank being a thing. That would be nice. That's weird, though, because then Betty and Archie could not, like... Yeah, okay, but FP, 
was with Okay, Alice. okay, all right, all right. I mean, we <laughs> you're right, really... You're right, you're right. Never mind. I... Guys, I'm half in the bag and I remembered that. I just want to go over something really funny now that we're talking about Okay, Archie go ahead. And Veronica? Yes. So, our beloved Jen from BuzzFeed. Love Jen. She referenced, she referenced one of my favorite sites, which is the Riverdale Wiki page. Obviously. And listed all of Archie's aliases and occupations. Love it. And I really need to list them and tell you what they all are because they're He's wild and I don't remember half of them. Okay, go for it. So his aliases are Archiekins. Gross. Red. Boo. Andrews. Okay. Arch. Okay. Pure Heart the Powerful. Not acceptable. Wilbur Wilkins. And then in parentheses it says his fake ID. <laughs> Big sure. Red. Ew. The Red Paladin. Okay. I remember that one from Griffins and Gargoyles. God, I don't even. The Riverdale Reaper. What's that from? Uh, I don't know. Shit. Reaper by itself. And the Red Hope. The Red Hope. I mean, sounds pretty lame, but okay. All right. So let's list his occupation, yeah, shall okay. we? Yeah, okay. We might know these ones. High school student, formally. Obviously, yeah. Football player, formally. Yes. Musician, formally. Okay. Songwriter, formally. Okay. Singer, formally. Mm-hmm. Community watch leader, formally. Wrestler, formally. Prison inmate, formally. Mm-hmm. Again, these aren't really jobs, some of them. Yeah, no, but they're just God. Um, lifestyle choices. <laughs> Boxer, formally. Owner of Fred Andrews Community Center. Owner of Andrews Construction. <laughs> okay. Sergeant in the Army, discharged. Mm-hmm. R-R-O-T-C instructor, football coach, volunteer firefighter, minor. Oh, yes. I mean, the minor The best part at the end, it's like status. Alive. Alive? Alive. Okay, good. All right. We're going to get into Veronica next, only because we're talking about them. Maybe next week I'll hit you with Betty and Jug. Oh, please do. All right. So Veronica's aliases are Veronica Luna. Okay. Ronnie. Gross. Blue Jasmine. What? B. Ew. Raven-haired princess. Is that the Griffins and Gargoyles shit again? I don't know. That one's weird to me. I don't know. Velo. Velo? Like J-Lo? Who called? Yes, but. No, I know, but the way you said it, I was like, do not get them. I don't know. I want them killed. Little princess. Ew. Monica Posh. (laughs) What? Never heard of that in my life. What? Monica Posh. And our favorite of all time, the She-Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, no, that's on there? Um, Occupation. We're starting with businesswoman. Oh, okay. That's generous. Then high school student formally. <laughs> then cheerleader formally. Okay. Legal officer of Lodge Industries formally. Gross. Singer formally, which... I don't think you could uh, not be a singer anymore. Like, you sing yeah, and you're singing. Yeah, you're always singing. Co-owner of Pop's Chocolate Shop and Le Bon Nuit, formally. Okay. College student, formally. Sure. Employee at Lacey's, formally. Ah, uh, for like a day. Economics teacher. That should be formally. For, yeah, for also a but day. But it's not. <laughs> um, Jewelry shop owner. Professional criminal. <laughs> Professional criminal? That's a job? Jewelry smuggler. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know I could put any of this on my resume. Also, status is alive. Just just okay, to double, okay. just to refresh Honestly, our memories. Good to know. Good to but know. given how hilarious those were, I will hit you with 
Jughead and Betty next week. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Like I those are great. I didn't realize how satisfying it would be. To it was. I this. read the Archie one and I was like, "This is fucking funny." I and knew Archie was going to be great, but honestly, I didn't think Veronica's, Veronica's would was be pretty so good. good. Wait, <laughs> professional jewelry smuggler. Like, right? What is that? How does that even happen? Honestly, I, if I knew I could put that on my resume, I would have done that like years ago. So, did you see the trailer for next week? I did not. Because, again, we had to watch it, you know, via other sources. Right, so I didn't get it. Because the fucking Yankees. So, I did. I did watch it. What do we get? Um, Lots of blasts of little things that I couldn't make any sense of. But Cheryl's being burned at a stake, so there's that. Other you guys than- saw my face right now. <laughs> Other than that, I'm really not sure what's happening. Oh, God. Oh, I think Betty kisses Archie. Thank I God. I think I saw that. Makes but sense. But I don't know what it means or right. if it means anything. That's fine. I just have a couple of more things that are funny. A couple of more? No, just like funny shit that I Jesus needed to talk about. Are product placement names... Like fake names? No, the fake names. The yes, fake names were yeah. out of control. Um, Alice ordered the piano from Glamazon. Glamazon. And Tabitha's dad, who was a dick. We didn't really get into that, but we didn't because it's never going to come up again. I guarantee you, yeah, we're, we're never going to... to see these people again. Nope, ever. He told. Jughead in the limo to take a swell of green. Swell of green. That's my favorite. That is my absolute. That favorite. my ears perked up. I oh was like, God. a swell of green. Honestly, they should have called their brand that. I'm I'm not sure why they went with Pellegrino. Swell of green. I feel so like much there better. was something else. Oh, um, okay. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a name, but it was <laughs> during Veronica's table singing scene after Archie and. Yes, after they left, okay, they, they yes. blew off her dinner. I blew off her dinner, and Jughead's just sitting there, and he goes, I'll go eat in the garage. Yes. I was like, that's Obsessed. fucking hilarious. He's like, I don't want to hear you sing. Like, yeah, or just be with you Be in with general. you in general, like, by myself. We like, are not friends. That was fucking- We are not friends. The be- I think that was the most real moment- I giggled out Of loud. the show. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. I loved that. that so those great. were the those were my last points I had to bring up. Okay. I If we're mentioning fake brands- um, Betty also booked Tram Track instead of Amtrak. Oh, Tram Track. I forgot yeah. about that. Yes. To go see, by the way, Moulin Rouge, which, if we're going to talk about Moulin Rouge, was the last Broadway show that I saw before everything went to hell with COVID. Oh, wow. So um, it was good. And it won a lot of Tonys because, again, it was one of the only shows that was allowed to uh, operate in 2020. Uh, yeah. So I think we covered it all. I think we did. Damn, girl, we got it. We did it. So next week, finale. Oh, wow. Which Never thought we'd see the honestly day. Honestly, bothers me on like a OCD level because it's ep 19. Oh, my God, I know. Why couldn't they end up When 20? I saw that, I was like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, I was like, this, this can't be right. So, uh, But yeah, it's uh. ep 19 that we will finish on. And um, Cheryl may or may not be dead. <laughs> She's not dead. No, she can't. She's not dead. We know that season six is going to come back in November. November 16th. It's going to be on Tuesdays now. Yeah. Which means things. <laughs> Not a lot of things. No, I mean, well, I think, I I think our schedule is going to be the same, no? Is it? Are gonna, or are you going to put it out Monday gonna, instead? I don't know. It's a question. <laughs> These are things I need Are you going to make us record on Fridays now? <laughs> because are, I hate this. <laughs> These are things I need to figure out ahead of time. Um, We'll, we'll decide. But we're going to have, like, special Halloween shit. We are. 
the new movie that is on HBO Max, I think we have another week or so with it. Um, but also in theaters is Malignant. Yeah, so a James you, Wan. If you're interested, I would say classic, but the reviews I've heard, <laughs> we shall see. Seems to be a departure from his normal content. His normal amazing content. Yeah, um, so we're gonna do that. Dawn's gonna watch it with me because I'm a big fat baby and I can't watch scary movies. I can't by wait. Myself. I cannot wait. And then we will figure out our next one. So we should have a few. Yeah, we're we're gonna come at you with movies because there's really no time to do anything else between yeah. now and Riverdale again. And I, think I can't movie- believe we're doing Riverdale so soon again. It's like kind of wild. I am gonna enjoy the break a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we need a breather. I'm ready. I'm ready for some movies. We need a breather. Fresh content. Yeah, but yeah. So until then, that's Endgame. Game.